Hosts Elle and Miriam are two Black homeschooling moms embarking on a self-defining journey. Listen in on conversations that will encourage you to be your authentic self while uplifting your spirit and motivating your inherent potential. They're defining what culture is for their families and want you to do the same. Bring your children along too so they can meet the cleverly cultured kids. They're all for teaching the babies while they're young, adapting to the challenges of parenting, homeschooling, and being willing to learn the lessons that the children have to offer. It's all about uplifting one another and reclaiming your innate greatness. Did you know some of the biggest contributors to sculptural art are from African sculpture artists? Their expertise dates back thousands of years ago. Some of the oldest sculptures have been found in Egypt. In today's episode, Miriam will give us an update on her life with her four children. Please listen in and learn from her experiences. Today's proverb is, unity is strength, division is weakness. And that is a Swahili proverb. It's now time for the word of the episode. Today's word of the episode is brought to you by Haiti. Mwerele. Mwerele. Mwerele Miriam. Mwerele means my name is in Creole. Okay, welcome to another episode of the Cleverly Changing Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us today, tonight, whatever time of the day it is or time of the week. We are more than happy to have you. And we are going to be interviewing me, Miriam. I am one of the co-hosts of the Cleverly Changing Podcast. I am the mother to four little ones. Well, one big one and three little ones. And I am a writer and a urban farmer and an all-around creator. My co-host, Elle. Yes, yes. I am so happy that we finally have this check-in with you. I am a mom of twins and we are friends. We've been friends for, wow, what, 20 years now? Don't even say it. And so we are gathering here to catch up and see how Miriam's homeschool journey is going. So if you are ready, go ahead, let a friend know the Cleverly Changing podcast has another episode and they need to tune in. So Miriam, I want to ask you, 
what are you doing with your littles? Now you have multiple littles. So can you kind of tell everybody what the ages of your kids are and what type of schooling you do for each of them? Oh boy. Okay. So we'll start at the beginning. Number one is a 14 year old young lady. Uh, she is currently attending a STEM co-op and she is also doing homey stuff with me. Um, my eight-year-old little lady is full-on homey stuff with me. <laughs> uh, we do utilize out school from time to time. Um, one of her more favorite and recent classes was um, about poop. She's kind of obsessed with Doogie. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> hey, I'm not mad at it. I mean, technically it's science, you know. They were talking about, did you know wombats build castles? Well, not castles, but they stack up their poop, which is shaped like a cube, a dice. Mm-hmm. Scat. Was, was it about? Yes, that's <laughs> technically the term for animal dung scat. But wombats they stack up their little dice shaped scats as a little uh territory markers <laughs> interesting uh-huh and um let's see next oh six year old little boy and he's homie with me and 40 year old little boy he's homie with me um I kind of have my four-year-old and six-year-old in similar lines of education. Um, yeah, it's messy around here. I don't even know how to explain it. <laughs> it makes sense, but I don't know how to explain it. It's I. So what I do, because everybody has their own... Um, speed i go for what i call three touches a day so um i'll start with one and i'll rotate them according to who's more cooperative at the time um then i will do the next one or the next one sometimes they'll be grouped together depending on what we're doing like science I almost always end up doing science together uh we use mystery science sometimes, YouTube other times. They really like the Brains On podcast. That's always big fun. And with this mystery sound. Yeah, they like that. And uh, that's kind of how I go through the day most of the time. So it gets to be a little hectic, you know, a little whiny, snack breaks all day clean up messes all day you know how it is when they're young and just yes <laughs> running wild yeah so, so kind of straddle that unschooling line eclectic homeschooling thing it's we're pretty fluid around here okay because that was my next question you know what type of homeschooler do you consider yourself and you know i think eclectic and unschooling are things that 
definitely have always been of interest to you and work for your children. So I think that that is awesome. Now, I want to take a second and kind of give everybody an understanding of how you teach all those different levels. So when the oldest is doing the home type of learning, what are the littles doing? Okay, so sometimes it may be screen time. Other times it could be Lego time. Other times it could be they're just running around playing. Um, sometimes they're sitting right there in it, um, coloring. There's, you know, there's tons of things that children can do. You know, we play Uno. I play Uno. <laughs> That's how I got um, the two boys to get a better grasp of the numbers and what they look like with playing Uno. So every time we put a card down, you know, got to say the number. And, and I love it. Learning through play is so important, especially at their age, ages. Yeah. Because they don't know that they're learning. They're just playing and having fun. Exactly. I do um, the Black Wall Street game. I like the girls play that. And, you know, they always want me to be the banker and I'm pushing them to do it, you know, to get that that uh, concept of exchanging money for things, goods and services. So they do that sometimes. It, it all depends. You know, there's there's never any shortage of things to do around here. So yes, yes. So when it when you have, uh, I know the oldest likes to cook things and bake, and do, have the little ones started to help out with that. And if so, how have you kind of incorporated? You know, maybe the eight year old helps out, but kind of tell us how have you incorporate things that the kids love. Because I, I know for a fact that the oldest loves baking, but have the other ones kind of showed an interest? Well, you know what they like about baking is they like pouring stuff in and cracking eggs. That's all they really want to do. They don't really care about mixing and putting it in the oven or anything like that. They just want to dump measuring cups and crack eggs. That's their thing. Um, usually. So since I'm trying to keep their sugar intake to a minimum, I don't allow a whole lot of baking like we used to do. And I kind of feel bad for, so I, I recently said, okay, we'll make a deal. You can bake every other week. How about that? And I think that's, you know, so far so good. Um, the cooking though is going better. So usually the boys are the ones that want to be up in the cooking zone. Um, I assign them little tasks like popping the stems off of mushrooms or washing berries, uh, that kind of stuff. I don't really let them come up to the stove, although they keep trying. And I'm like, y'all, <laughs> this pan is hot. Back up. They'll push a water bottle. I don't have a lot of stools in my house because, well, they always were climbing up and getting into things. 
So now that we have a few extra water bottles for our water cooler, the water bottles have become the new stools. And so they're pushing the stool up to the counter, to the stove. I'm like, come on, guys. (laughs) But they like to help. And honestly, depending on what it is that I'm making, I usually will let them help because if they help, I know I can get them to at least get five forkfuls in before they say, you know, I don't really want this. (laughs) Well, that's great that they are helping out in their own little ways. Yeah, yeah, they they want to, you know, and I don't mind, but at the same time, I, I struggle with that because I, I don't like to clean. I'm just going to say it. I do it because I don't like mess, but I don't like to clean. I don't do it with a smile on my face. So when they're doing, when they want to come help, sometimes it gets extra messy. And I'm like, I'm already cleaning up after you little rascals all the time. And now I got to go back behind you in this kitchen twice because I let you help peel the carrots or something. So I, I struggle finding that balance where they can help and I can maintain sanity. Maybe it's not supposed to be about me maintaining sanity and just sucking it up and, (laughs) you know. Yes. So with this year already in the first, we've kind of finished that first semester. What type of challenges did you face in the home that you had to overcome? Well, the biggest thing, I guess, has been because of the pandemic, we can't go anywhere, even though we never really went a whole lot of places like that anyway, because I've said this before, I don't like people. Um, The library was a big draw for my people. They really enjoyed the library and they've missed the books. So the libraries had closed at one point. They did open back up and then they it had like a, this semi-open thing where you could, um, we call it reserve books, and then go pick them up. But you know that's not the same as going in there and rummaging through the stacks and sitting down and flipping through a book to see if you really want to check it out or not. For the kids, you know, playing with the the little things that they have because. Well, the library in our neighborhood and the newer library that's like a town away has excellent play zone with all kinds of fun things. And they really miss that. So that's probably been the biggest challenge, letting them go do stuff. But as when the weather's warm, did let them go outside and play all the time. So let's go ride bikes, let's take a walk, that sort of thing. So they can get some sort of outlet outside mm. of them. Okay. That is that is great that they're getting some outlets. Cause I know for boys especially, 
girls yeah. too is not just boys but i do know that boys will start to terrorize your house if you mm. don't let them out they gotta have that fresh air and so i think it's all children but i you know we definitely attribute that to boys a little bit more but it's yeah, true for all kids we all need outside time yeah yeah i agree that's how that testosterone seems to take it to a higher level <laughs> of antsiness and they really ah come on guys this is not safe play that we're doing here. We got to do something else. So that's been the biggest thing with that. Now, oh, well, there has been another thing. So my oldest daughter is quite the social butterfly. And she has asked to go back to school. school. So we'll see if that happens. And it's not anything because I'm going to hold her back or anything like that. No, if she really wants to. I'm going to respect her decision. And if she decides to come back home, hooray! But, you know, she's 14. She wants to stretch those 14-year-old baby wings. And I get it. I get it. And the fact that I went to a boarding school at her age, she wants to go to a boarding school too. And I'm like, but... <laughs> can't make that kind of promise to you now but <laughs> we may be able to revisit that in the future it's interesting that you say that because that really puts everything in perspective earlier i mentioned to everybody that we have been friends for 20 years and that's why because we went to boarding school together so we were around your daughter's age when we met yeah yeah <laughs> and it's so funny because it is hard to believe i can't imagine sending my kids anywhere without me <laughs> for an extended period of time i know and I'm like my my mother really let me go <laughs> yeah and I, you know what i was talking to my mother just the other day and she was saying to me that the one of the main reasons why she felt comfortable allowing me to do that, because she had gone to school there too, um, but the reason why she felt comfortable was because I have a very strong-willed and hearty spirit, I guess we'll say. Um, back then, I was kind of stanky. I had me some attitude on me, which I still have, but I've learned how to compress that bad boy in a way that, you know, service, services everyone. <laughs> but then I was very to myself and she knew that. So she said, <laughs> she said, I knew that if you was going to be making trouble, you'd be making trouble by yourself and you wouldn't be following into somebody else's trouble. Any trouble that you got into would be trouble of your own making. And I wouldn't have to worry about you being a follower and really getting caught up in some crazy situations. And I said, you know, that's true. A lot of people didn't really want to be bothered with me anyway, because I just always had the funk on 
and it wasn't anything like I was angry or anything like that. It was just, I, it was, I guess I'll say a defense mechanism to keep people away from me because I really, I've never cared for peopling so much. So I get with people and I can take people in little doses. Some people I gravitate towards and we can, we can hang all the time. And other people it's like, nah, I, I don't have space for you. And I was very, and I still am very good at honoring that part of myself and got to back up. So that's, that's the main reason my mom said she let me go <laughs> because she knew she wouldn't have to worry about me. <laughs> and I think that's a good point. Yeah. Now, uh, because my daughter is so social, I don't think that she would be led easily into some foolishness or anything like that. I'm sure she would get into trouble because she's a teenager and it's inevitable. <laughs> Duh, this kind of stuff happens. But I know that she's um, very responsible and she's very forward thinking. So she wouldn't just do something without any thought to what could happen. She does think things through and she does ask questions. So, and I don't want her to go. <laughs> I can't lie. I don't want her to go. She's a good girl and she knows what you would allow and what you wouldn't allow. She's very much aware of that. And so she's not really one that's like, well, I just don't know what to do. She definitely is grounded in that sense where she she knows what's right and what's wrong. Um, mm -hmm. And she can make her choice accordingly. But just like all kids, they all kids struggle with that reasoning, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because on one hand, you want to do what's fun and, you know, be cool and all that. So I just think it's interesting because I can't, I can't believe it was all of us out there at that age. Uh, <laughs> just, we thought we were, were grown almost. We were doing our yeah. own thing and, oh, but we were not. We weren't, but I guess because we had so much freedom and can I just say this? I think this is very um, localized to our situation. Like, where else do boyfriends and girlfriends get to go spend weekends at the other's house and the parents know this and it's okay? Where else do even platonic friends, opposite sex, go to each other's house for weekends and holidays, chilling, sleeping in the same room? <laughs> Only there, right? The things that... It's just interesting to think about all the stuff that we were able to do and all the bad things that didn't come of it. It was just, you know, I mean, of course there were some bad things that came of it, but <laughs> the larger majority were able to stay out of harm's way for the most part. Definitely. So I don't want this show yeah, to be just about it. our experience because <laughs> clearly we could reminisce. But um, just with that said, I love that you are taking into account what she has asked 
and <laughs> are considering allowing her the space to let her spread her wings. Because I just think as a parent, that's how we teach our children how to make decisions. And so I respect that. And I think it's a wise thing. So. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I've told her I'm going to let her do it, but I don't know if she's going to want to do it because she requested to be put in a lottery for two different schools. And I don't know. I mean, she's really got her heart set on one of them. And if she doesn't get picked for that one, that's really going to break her little heart. And I don't know if she's going to want to go to the local option. <laughs> Or she said the district option because they're both local, but if she's going to want to go to the district option, we'll see. Or maybe she'll just want to test it out real quick. I don't yeah, know. Time will tell. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an experiment. So that's that's what's the biggest news, I guess. Somebody wants to leave my school. Um, my eight year old daughter, she's like, Mommy, I don't ever want to leave I'm going to be homeschooled for the rest of my life and then she's like oh those kids look at them they're walking home from the bus stop they're not lucky I'm lucky I get homeschooled <laughs> and I just laugh at her because you know a lot of children probably could appreciate it and would thrive in that situation but it's either not feasible for their family or their family just isn't interested. So, you know, it, I just find it kind of tickling that she thinks it's the bee's knees. I'm glad she enjoys spending time with her family. That's great. And I think it's, you know, as parents, our children are different. And I think that's just one example on how it's not the home necessarily. It's just different personalities, different wow. needs, different wants. And that's what we have to remember. And so I think, you know, your daughter will be going to high school next year. And to me, that's high school is such a big step. <laughs> what have, what have, you know, you thought about, because it's also the time when they start doing lab work, they mm -hmm. start um, just doing higher levels of everything. What have been your thoughts on preparation for you if your daughter is home, if, you know, that school doesn't work out? Well, um, she is enjoying the STEM center. So uh, we probably would continue that if she decides that she doesn't want to go the traditional educational route. Um, there's also some other, uh, what do you call them? Cooperatives that are happening. So, you know, we're not without options. Granted, the options are a bit skewed right now with the pandemic and everything, but we'll definitely find a way for her to feel fulfilled with her learning because I'm not really you know that's a hard question to answer right now yes I, I can completely understand that 
So one of the things that you wanted to do when you started homeschooling, I remember this from many years ago, you wanted to give your kids a sense of self and let them know who they are. You wanted them to learn about um, your ancestors, your life, your upbringing, the people who came before you, and you wanted them to be proud of their blackness. How have you incorporated lessons of culture and loving of self with their lessons because i know that that was something that was important to you and something you didn't necessarily value when your daughter was in school all of the other things that she was learning that didn't necessarily relate to her growth and her understanding of self yeah i did not appreciate that about public school and and for it to be not valued there but valued at home makes it a, a bit of a struggle because they keep pushing the the American narrative, which is horribly skewed. <laughs> so with that being said, we do incorporate quite a bit of, you know, blackness. So I am, I've recently done a lot of digging and work on myself within myself within the last several years i'll say and i find it interesting how i'm learning that a lot of the reasons well not necessarily the reason but a lot of the things that are important to me how it corresponds to like the number of my name or um the day of the day I was born on, my zodiac rising sun, I mean, yeah, my rising sign, my sun sign, and my moon sign, all these things. It's interesting how every every place that I've looked, they all kind of come back to the same thing. And part of that is this um obsession, I'll call it, this deep rootedness in spiritual journeys and a connection to the elders and ancestors. So, and healing in general. So with that being said, it kind of, it just is. I don't really have to do a whole lot of work to get it in there, it just is. Um, when I find stuff like recently, there's something called Black Uno. Have you heard of that? I think I need that in my life. I haven't heard of it. <laughs> it's Uno, but it has this component where you can choose to draw the cards or answer, a, they call it Black Power Trivia Question. And I was like, ooh, I really like this. Yeah, we may have to get that. We may have to do a joint um, a joint game session because that sounds fun. I know. And I was like, wait a minute. Who is this boy calling? Okay. So um, the, the little things that I do, well, I don't even, you know, I shouldn't call them little because they're not little. So the things that I do 
like with my farming and my gardening, um, I take them with me. I'll give them, you know, lessons on the seeds. I'll tell them, yeah, these seeds came from Horace Pippen. He was a black man. He's a painter and a avid grower and, you know, will grow things. I grow cotton and I, I grow tobacco and I've let them see it and handle it and come into relationship with it. They'll see me outside sitting with the plants. They'll see me out there rubbing and touching on the plants. They'll come and ask me what I'm doing. I'll tell them what I'm doing. They see me leaving offerings at the plants sometimes. Um, so a lot of things kind of come by watching and doing. Um, when we're cooking certain things, I'll, when we make like um, soup jumo, it's Haitian independent soup. I'll let them come and see what I'm doing. You know, hey, y'all, this is, and this is why we eat this on the new year. Because for many, many, many years, the Haitians weren't allowed to eat the pumpkin. And once they gained their independence and got rid of the colonizers, that was the first thing they made, some pumpkin soup. And not like the traditional pumpkins you're probably thinking of, which make pumpkin pie with the big orange Halloween looking things. They're more squash like butternut and kabocha and calabaza squashes, things like that. So um, we'll cook that and we'll have a discussion about what it is and why we're making it. When I'm making the epi, which is like, I, in English, I call it herb paste. In Haitian, it's called epi. And it's celery, garlic, and parsley. Some, you know, you get thyme. You put a lot of different herbs and, you know, you put scallions, shallots, spicy peppers, sweet peppers, whatever. Everybody kind of does this a little differently. Cloves, whatever. And you grind it up and you'll marinate meat with it or you'll plop a dollop in your rice when you're cooking rice. Um, it goes in the soup jumu. Goes in lots of things. It's a nice little flavor addition. And I'll have them help me and we'll talk about, hey, this is something the ancestors did. Can you imagine doing this without a blender? Oh my God, I can't because <laughs> it could be an all day affair. So I really do incorporate our history and our blackness in, you know, so many things that we do. A lot. That's incredible. I think, you know, giving our, our children an opportunity to understand who they are is something that black homeschoolers have to incorporate. I don't, I don't really think we have a choice because out in society, people are getting, giving all kinds of messages about what Blackness is. Mm -hmm. But in homeschooling, you have to redirect that attention and kind of give them the truth and kind of a way to understand how, how they learn, the history behind learning, and it doesn't start here in America. So right. I think it's just important to incorporate those things. So I love that you are helping your children out in that way. 
are there some things that you do in your homeschool that you wish you had more time for? Ooh, okay. We're learning Haitian Creole via Mango languages via our county library system. I, I don't think I ever realized this about myself until recently, but I'm actually pretty good with languages. So I have a wonderful command of the English language as it is my first language, but I also, uh, we call it code switching. I'm a very efficient code switcher. I don't like that I do that from time to time. I'd rather just talk how I want to talk. I recognize the difference between writing how I talk and writing how, writing standardized English, standardized American English. Um, I have noticed that I still remember a lot of Spanish things. Um, we kind of started messing around with French. I remember a lot of what we have there. Um, and now we're doing Creole and Spanish. And I remember <laughs> more than they do. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I'm more invested or if it just, it, do, it does seem to come easy. So I, I do wish we had more time for that. I mean, there's so many, th did you know that the co-op Sankofa, they got I'm not sure how you say this word. Americ, Americ from Ethiopia. They got Tweet from Ghana. They're doing French from Benin. They're doing Spanish from Colombia. They're doing Yoruba, um, Swahili. They've got quite the lovely list of languages right now. And I was like, oh, can I take this class? <laughs> It's for the kids, but man, I was kind of low-key trying to push my oldest into taking Yoruba just because ah, <laughs> but she didn't take the bait. So um, yeah, I wish I had more time for languages. That's probably the biggest. Yeah. Oh, that sounded so great just to hear um, all of the things that are being offered. And Sankofa, we will put a link to the show notes as well as you mentioned earlier about Black Uno. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well, because, yeah, we are finding a love for different things out in the community. And we got to share them with you guys because when we get excited, we don't want to just be excited between the two of us. We want everybody to know about these things. So I think, you know, homeschooling is definitely one of those journeys that is constantly changing. That's why we have this podcast, cleverly changing, because homeschooling is something that's changing regardless of you know, what you first signed up to do it for, when you're in the mix of it, it's going to change and you're going to have to learn how to be flexible. And sometimes the things that you're interested in, your kids are not. I.e. that Yoruba. She was like, mommy, no. <laughs> <laughs> that like, what is one of the harsh realities of homeschooling. Oh, oh, oh my God. They were going to take cultural visits to like, Oh, 
to, to places in Nigeria, and they were going to learn about some of the um, the, the Ifa deities, and they were going to get to see some, you know, oh, oh my goodness, because the people are actually in these places. Oh, so wow. The, the okay. instructor, I do believe, was actually in Nigeria. The French instructor was in Benin. So, yes. And the good thing is, my people, Sankofa is doing virtual, virtual classes. So, if you want to get in on that, click that link in the show notes. I think classes are starting February 4th. I think so. That sounds about right. Next so don't class go. go. You got to go directly to the show notes if that sounds like something you want to do with your family. Yeah. So before we go, I know we have to kind of, I mean, it's just been great catching up and learning more about your journey with your children. But I'm curious, what does Miriam do for self-care? Oh man, why are you gonna pick something difficult? Okay, so <laughs> um honestly, I don't know. I, I don't know. Self-care is just like I can't lie. I'm getting kind of getting sick of hearing that word because it just seems so overrated. But I understand what it is at its core and you know, taking time to honor yourself. So all of that aside, I I have my altar days where I will light the candles and sit at my altar. I have times where I'm just feeling a little flustered. I don't have a whole lot of things to touch right now because it's winter time, but my thyme and my rosemary do not die. They are evergreen. And so I will go outside when I need and get to touching on those two plants. Um, I also still go to the farm. Even though it's wintertime, there's still work to do. So I go and I'm currently reseeding things. And Chuck's just yesterday, I was seeding some tomatoes and peppers and some greens. So I really do commune with the plant and spiritual realms regularly. I also do meditation every day, at least 10 minutes. Um, but I find that the longer, the, the better the day goes for me. And I recently started doing like a gratitude journal sort of thing. So those are the things that I do for myself. Well, oh, that is <laughs> okay. You, what was that last one? I think I cut you off. Uh, I said my seed catalogs. Awesome. I can't, yeah, I can't have my plants right now, so I flip through the seed catalogs and see all the stuff and say, "Oh, I wish I had this. If only I had acres and acres to plant." <laughs> So I want to just take that last statement that you shared and 
just talk about that. I know self-care is a buzzword that people are using, but I think it's very important for us to know ourselves and know ourselves to the point where we can identify what relaxes us, what gives us that peace that we need from a stressful time. And the things that you listed were all very unique to you as a person and the things that make you happy and bring you joy. And I think that's what we have to do. Our self-care journey, whatever you want to call it, is going to be unique to you and your needs and your journey, the things that your body finds comfortable, that your mind needs, that stimulate you mentally and encourage you. That's going to be a unique experience and unique journey. And so I love that everything that you mentioned was all things that captivate you. You know, yeah, that, that those, work for you. Right, those aren't the same things that I do for self-care. And I think that that is very important because self-care is really unique. It is not yeah. just doing things that the industry says, oh, this is self-care. Everybody's self-care journey is going to be completely different. We can share with you things that we love and things that we like, but they're they're different. And so I'm just happy that you were you know, really transparent about that. Because I think sometimes when we hear people talk about it is very fluffy, fluffy and flowery and all yeah. the same. And that's the part that's very commercialized and it's not really true. So I'm glad that even the things that you mentioned kind of edify your homeschooling experience too. They do. Because really, and when you were saying that, I was thinking, honestly, I really do push for the children to also uh, find this place of centeredness for themselves. Mm -hmm. So even, and even though, you know, meditation isn't really their thing, really meditation should be everybody's thing, regardless of who you are. I, I understand it's not, that easy for some people. I don't find it easy, <laughs> but I do find it to be very effective. So once you get into doing it and you do it regularly, you know, just once here and there, yeah, you're not going to notice anything. But doing it regularly, you'll start to get this, you'll start to get all these benefits that you hear about. But I, I kind of push the kids into doing some of that. So when they're getting really upset about something or frustrated about a math problem or uh, not wanting to do this exercise or whatever, I'll have them come to me and they'll be upset and everything. And I just, I do it very, I make it fun. <laughs> so I'll say, hey, you're mad, right? You're mad. Come here, come here. Ball up your fist. Ball it up. Squeeze it real tight. And they'll sit there and they look at me crazy. I said, come on, I'm squeezing too. Let's squeeze it. Squeeze. And I say, now squeeze them toes before I tickle them. And then I just start clenching up their toes because I mentioned that I'm going to tickle them. So, you know, I do things like that. And I say, now let it go. Let it go. Well, I tell them, come here, come here, come here. Blow in my face real hard. Like you're trying to blow me back. You know, things like that, just to, to redirect their attention and help them to come back to a safe space within, within themselves. So I really am 
trying to get them to hone in on who they are, what they're feeling, and how they can harness those feelings so that they can move forward in life. I really think that they are, they're getting there, you know, they're kids, it's a process. <laughs> I really think that they're getting there and that they will be able to be strong individuals that are not easily swayed just because somebody suggested something because they, they know who they are and what they are, what feels good to them and what doesn't. So that's what I was thinking about too when you were talking about the highly individualization mm-hmm. of taking care of yourself. Yeah, and you're giving your kids tools that they can use to emotionally regulate themselves and just to know what to do with their emotions. And that's social emotional learning. And I think it's very important. Oh, that's what they call that there. I've heard that term before and I just kind of like, yeah, I think I get it. But then sometimes it seems to go over my head. Okay. Okay, well, that's simple. I mean, they make it sound like it's, you know involved <laughs> like you need some kind of uh, uh manual to, to go about that okay <laughs> so this has been a true joy and i am so glad i had an opportunity to hear from you hear how your little ones and your big one is doing and i'm so glad that you are still on this homeschooling journey because i remember when you started and you are an encouragement to many and you embrace it and i think it's so beautiful so thank you so much for sharing and everybody you will want to tune in to our next conversation because we will be having a mom who is an environmental activist. She's also sent her kids to West Africa for um, (laughs) study abroad. So if you want to hear about that experience, definitely tune into our next conversation. So we are excited that you are on this journey with us talking about homes home education it's not just homeschooling we also value those who are supplementing and teaching their kids in a variety of different ways so home education just involves so many different things and we've shared our unique unique journey this conversation and last conversation so stick with us you don't want to miss our upcoming shows all right Bye. Bye, everybody. Did you know that we sell merchandise to keep our podcast going? Order a hoodie, t-shirt, mugs, and more today. Visit cleverlychanging.com and click on the shop tab to place your order.